We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. Tonight, that's going to be uh, very beneficial for you, and that's also going to be uh, very, uh, very transformative for you. And so we're super excited about that. So we'll give you a few moments to get connected as pastors and things are still coming in. Everybody, as they come in, of course, we have the line automatically muted. That just makes it clean. It keeps it uh, so that we are able to uh, operate with excellence and operate with efficiency and, and uh, not have a bunch of background noise and, uh, and all of that. And so uh, I am certainly, uh, certainly certain that uh, you understand that. But again, glad to be with you tonight. Again, this is Bishop Foreman. Uh, while we're giving folks a few additional moments to come in and before uh, we jump in through our time of, um, our time of prayer tonight and, uh, and then go over a couple of things and then we'll get into our uh, our actual um, our actual uh, uh, topic for tonight, which is leadership, and uh, how a leader's greatest pain uh, can create a leader's greatest gain. You know, it's it's really understanding how what hurts you deepest can actually be what helps you most. And so I'm excited to share uh, this topic with you. And um, and so uh, we're going to, again, have a great time tonight. And, and I'm super excited about you being with us. Before we jump in, I do want uh, for you to just be mindful of a few things. Again, as, as I mentioned, everybody, that when we come in, they will become muted so that way we can just keep everything nice, clean, and, and keeps everything uh, straightforward and so we don't have uh, any confusion or a bunch of background noise, et cetera. But in addition to that, one of the other things that I'm excited about, too, uh, as we move forward, is we've got uh, some great things that are going to be coming up, and uh, Tim is going to be sharing that with you. Uh, he uh, serves uh, with our recently appointed uh, cabinet uh, for the bishop's cabinet for our Harvest Fellowship of Churches. You know, through the years and the last several months, there was a, a great uh, number of requests that came to us uh, from pastors and leaders saying, Bishop, you know, we want you to create something, create an avenue, create an opportunity for uh, individuals and pastors to be connected and pastors to be able to uh, join together of like mind, of like spirit, to be able to advance and, and to be able to move forward in, uh, in the great things that God has done. And many pastors have looked at some of the things that God has done uh, in and uh, and through myself and Harvest, and they've been incredibly inspired, and and uh, and 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 uh, it's caused uh, them to want to connect with us, uh, with us in a greater way. So as a result, created the Harvest Fellowship of Churches. And I will tell you the response uh, has been phenomenal to see how many pastors and churches and leaders from all across a variety of denominational boundaries and denominational lines and pedigrees. It's amazing to see uh, just how, how many have connected with us, and we're looking forward to seeing you soon. It is 733. Again, I just wanted to give just about five minutes 
for pastors and leaders to connect with us. Of course, we know on Mondays for most men and women of God, it's a day of rest. It's a day to sort of refresh and uh, and, and and get things recalibrated and, and all of that. And so we want to just be mindful of that and just give just a few minutes for people to get connected. One of the great things that I can tell you is that you'll be able to get the replay of this call tonight. You'll be able to get that replay, and, uh, and I'm certainly excited about you uh, being able to do that. And so anything that you were, uh, that you did miss, you'll be able to hear it later. But again, so glad that you're on with us tonight. I'm excited about empowering pastors. You know, that's the real truth and the real heart of the apostolic gift that's upon my life is to empower other leaders, to be a foundation for other leaders to build upon so that they can go further faster. And that's really what the Harvest Fellowship of Churches is all about. It's about empowering churches so that we can change regions and seize the harvest. We're not just into a bunch of religious rhetoric. We want to see the results. We're not just talking the talk. We want to walk the walk. And I think many men and women of God, especially in today's culture where there is so much talk, there is so much rhetoric, there is so much, uh, uh, so many talking points that I think people really appreciate that uh, with Harvest and with myself, we like to get to things that are going to make a difference, so we're excited about that. It is 735 Mountain Time, so we're going to go ahead and begin with prayer, and I'm going to throw it to Tim. He's going to go over a couple of things, and then uh, I'm going to share with you tonight this leadership talk about leadership, how you can use your greatest pain in order to bring your greatest gain. Again, if you're just coming in, this is Bishop Foreman, and I'm so glad that you're on with us tonight. We're going to pray. Father, we honor you and bless you, sir. Thank you for this night. Thank you for this time. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love. I thank you for every man and woman of God that's gathered here tonight, and I pray that you would use this call to speak to them in a significant way. I pray that every prayer request and petition they have before you, that you would use this call uh, in order to bring clarity, in order to bring guidance, uh, in order to bring direction so that they can go further faster in what you've ordained for them to do. I declare that a fresh wind of refreshing would be present in their lives uh, and wherever they've been distracted, wherever they've been stagnant, wherever they've been in pain. I pray that tonight that's going to turn into their greatest gain. And I thank you for it now in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to turn it over for just a few moments. To Tim, he serves as the chief of staff on uh, the Bishop's Cabinet for the Harvest Fellowship of Churches. And again, this is really our inauguration. This is all uh, very new in how we're moving forward in it, and we're super excited about it. Uh, Tim is going to go over a few things with you. I'm going to throw it to him, and then right after that, I'm going to get into our leadership talk for tonight, Bleedership how to take a leader's greatest pain and turn it into gain. And so we're going to do that, but I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to Tim. Thank you, Bishop. My pleasure. Good evening, everybody. Just want to um, give a quick reminder for those who haven't had a chance to register for Harvest Global Conference, which is June 20th through 22nd there in Denver, Colorado. Um, you can text HC, that's the letters HC, to the number 59769, and it will give you the prompts to register as well as book your hotel for that week. Um, also, we will be sending out a, um, some promotional tools that you can use to pr help us promote the conference. Um, you, you should be receiving that in your email this week. Um, so if you will, help us out by posting to all social media platforms using the um, hashtags Harvest and uh, we are harvest. Again, that is hashtag harvest and hashtag we are harvest. Thanks again, Bishop. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, the conference is going to be phenomenal. Let me tell you, 
what happens um, every time a pastor or leader comes to Harvest. First off, let me give you some context because we got men and women of God that are, you know, from churches across America and around the world. And so everybody's context is going to be very, very, very different. Let me tell you the context in which I uh, was, uh, was placed. And Denver, and if you've been around me for any amount of time, you've probably heard this spiel, so you can probably, you can probably you know, quote what I'm about to say, but it's so true to understand it. Never, uh, never fully criticize or make commentary about someone's story until you know the context in which that story is there. Because sometimes when you do that, you're doing yourself a disservice because you don't know all of the factors that are involved. You know, uh, for example, if you start a soul food business in a place they love soul food, and that is a very different story than starting a soul food business in Anchorage, Alaska, where they don't. It's a very different context, a very different story, a very different journey. And many men and women of God tonight, sometimes you're comparing your uh, practice footage to somebody else's highlight reel because you're not cognizant of the context of your story. And so Denver is 46 out of 50 for church attendance in the nation, meaning there are only four places with lower church attendance in the entire United States of America. In addition to that, um, uh, Colorado, I'm African-American, and, and Harvest is a multicultural, multigenerational church. You're going to see people of every generation at Harvest and of virtually every, you know, every cultural background. And in that, uh, uh, Colorado is only 4% African-American. And so the truth is, and pastors, you understand this, the, the reality of church is that it's more cultural than it is spiritual. Many times people are drawn to uh, similar cultural experiences, and the spiritual takes a secondary seat. And so being an African-American, you're going to tend to draw more African-Americans. This is the way that that works. And all of that being understood, when I looked at that context, it's a miracle what God has done in and through Harvest Church. For churches led and founded by African-American men, um, they tend to, uh, you know, after 30, 40 years of ministry, they tend to sit around the 35 to 50 uh, in weekend attendance um, on average in this region. And so to see what God has done through Harvest, it is nothing more than a pure D flat-footed miracle to see, but it also requires some strategy. And that's why men and women of God I consult for tons of pastors, pastors of churches of 20, pastors of churches of five, 6,000 people. And as I consult for pastors, one of the reasons they come to me and say, Bishop Foreman, teach me how to do this, teach me how to do that, show me how to do this, is because they understand the value of context. They understand the value of doing something in an area where perhaps it is a little bit more difficult to do it. And so one of the things that happens when pastors come to Harvest is they are inspired they are uplifted. They are given a second wind. They get creative, literally. There has not been one man or woman of God, whether they were just coming to visit or coming to preach, where they've ever left from the environment of harvest, where they have left uh, the same way that they came. And I say that to encourage you to definitely be at that conference next month. Uh, we're calling it global, and the reason we're calling it global is because, one, we want to, uh, you know, that's just the reach that, that harvest has in terms of uh, uh, those that are connected to us. But in addition to that, it's about expanding the way you see things, expanding the way you see ministry, expanding the way you see life, expanding the way you see your business, expanding the way you see your family. And so it's really all about this concept of expansion. And when you think of global, you think of expansion. And then you think going global, you think of expansion. And so you definitely do not want to miss it. It's June 20th, as Tim said, June 20th through 22nd, and uh, you can text the information there, 
picks this the letters HC this together the five nine seven six nine and uh, you'll get a text message right away that's going to give you all of the information you need to register. The registration is kept affordable on purpose. It's extremely inexpensive on purpose because what we want to do is make sure that you uh, have got the tools that you need to uh, really advance your ministry. And so our theme is uh, from evolution to acceleration. And it comes from this concept of the butterfly, right? The butterfly has four stages of evolution. As it goes through these stages of evolution, it starts as small as a sesame seed on a sesame seed bun. By the time it gets to its fourth stage, it is now grown to the size of what we see as most butterflies. Here's what's significant is it does not look like what it started as. And now what we uh, normally look at from stages one through three, the sesame seed uh, size egg going up to the caterpillar, it goes from now only being able to go a few inches every hour to now by the time it gets to stage four, it can go up to 30 miles per hour. What happened to the butterfly? The butterfly, its evolution created its acceleration. And, it, and evolution is so much better than revolution. Revolution is great, but revolution just means change. But change can sometimes be for the negative. Change can be uh, something that's regressive and not progressive. But when you evolve, evolution, by definition, it means to go from the inferior to the superior, which means when you evolve, you're getting better. And the thing about evolution is once you evolve, you can never go back to what you were. Uh, I'm not even into my leadership talk tonight, but I want to encourage somebody. The reason you've got to be there in June is because there is something God desires to do in you and something he desires to do through you uh, where you are not able to go back to the you you used to be. You won't go back to the same pastor you used to be. You won't go back to being the same leader you used to be. You won't go back to being the same man or woman that you used to be. And I just have to tell you, Coming into that environment of harvest is really going to give you the opportunity to do that uh, because at the end of the day, you've got to be around iron to be sharpened. It takes iron to sharpen iron. If you're on this call tonight, and again, if you're just coming in and joining us, so glad you're here. This is Bishop Foreman. We have all the lines muted, but everybody comes in because it just makes the call nice and easy versus you having to constantly ask people to mute their phones. If you've ever been on a conference call, especially with church folk, you'll know there's somebody that's going to come in and they'll have all their background noise and their children hollering. they got fried chicken in one hand they got, and they got their kids hollering in the other head and they're trying to type on their computer on the other deal. And so this just makes it so we can operate with excellence. I hope you can appreciate that. But uh, you are, you've got to be in an environment of iron that's going to sharpen you. And I can guarantee you that's what that environment will be. Day sessions, evening sessions is June 20th through 22nd in Denver, Colorado, and uh, you'll be able to see what it is. Also, Tim, one of the things I think is so important, how do you take nothing and turn it into something? Because that's what we did with Harvest. We took nothing and turned it into something. Nobody gave me anything. They didn't give me a piece of tissue. Uh, and so it, just imagine those statistics of being in an area, 46 out of 50 for church attendance, 4% African American, and you have no help whatsoever to get started. That's the grace that's on me. That grace is how do you take nothing and turn it into something? And I don't care if you're a church of 10 people, 50 people, you've got a parachurch ministry, if you're an itinerant preacher, you're an evangelist, whatever. I don't care where you're at. I'm gifted to tell you how to go from nothing and turn it into something that's significant. And watch this, debt-free. How do you do that without getting in debt and having to fry fish and kill chicken in order to finance it? So, Tim, would you give folks that information one more time on how to get registered, and then I'll jump into the leadership talk. Okay. 
Um, for registration, you can text the letters HC to number 59769. Again, it's HC as in Harvest Conference to number 59769. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Awesome. Hey, listen, everybody, I want to talk real quick. And, again, we got many women that got on the phone. So I know everybody is super, uh, super busy and got lots of things that you've got going on. I want to use this, and we do this every second Monday now. And, again, all of this is very new. Uh, so uh, we are so excited about all the great changes that are, in, uh, that are happening in and through both the organization Harvest and then the Harvest Fellowship of Churches, all this very brand new. This is only our second, uh, our second of this type call. And, uh, and so everything is very new, but everything is all designed to serve you so you can go further faster. So we're going to empower churches to change regencies to Harvest. Um, I want to talk for just a few minutes tonight about this concept of uh, leadership. Leadership. So obviously when you see the word leadership, it's obviously a hybrid of a word. Leadership and bleeding. And the reality is, is that one of the first things every leader has to understand is that whether you're the pastor, associate pastor, whether you're a director, a minister, a leader, praise and worship leader, minister of music, whether you have your own uh, uh, itinerant speaking ministry, your own speak, traveling ministry, whatever it is, uh, whenever you are a leader, and let's define a leader. A leader is somebody that is influencing people from the front. A leader is somebody that's influencing people from the front. What I mean by the front is that this leadership is uh, an individual who's being seen by other people. And then when we look at bleeding, it's very simple. Blood comes from the infliction of a wound. You inflict a wound to somebody, they're going to begin to bleed. They begin to bleed, the blood's going to come out. Here's what you've got to understand as a leader. If you're not experiencing pain as a leader, you are not experiencing gain as a leader. I'm going to say that again. If you're not experiencing pain as a leader, you are not uh, experiencing gain as a leader. Leaders have to learn how to play while bleeding. It is just like a football player, a basketball player, or any kind of professional athlete. They, uh, they thrive from playing the game and being in the game. They do not thrive from sitting on the bench because they took a wound. And there's somebody tonight, I want to speak life into you, that you've taken some wounds and it's kind of got you disillusioned with people. It's got you disillusioned with God. It's got you disillusioned with the church. And I'm going to speak life into your life tonight to tell you you're not doing it wrong. The wound is evidence that you're doing it right. Why in the world would anybody come against somebody that's not fruitful and not productive? Uh, uh, robbers don't break into empty vaults. You do not see a thief going after something that's not valuable. So if you're experiencing wounds of any type, any type in ministry, oftentimes it can be an indication that you're doing something right. Now, let's just be factual as leaders. I don't want to pull any punches with you. The reality is it could be sometimes an indication that there's some modifications that need to be made. But oftentimes it is evidence that there are things that you are doing right. There's a scripture, Isaiah 66 and 9. I'm going to read it to you from the New Century Version, leaders. It says, in the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. If I cause you the pain, I will not stop you from giving birth to your new nation, says the Lord. Now, what's significant here is he's speaking to the Hebrews, and he's speaking to them, and as he speaks to them, he's dealing with the fact that there's this pain they're experiencing, but it's going to bring birth to this new nation. I like the new century version of it because it says, in the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. 
In other words, whenever there is pain, there is, there is something that is gain. Uh, God says, I'm not going to allow there to be pain in your life, pain in the finances of your life, pain in your marriage, pain uh, in the advancement of your church, pain in the advancement of your business. I'm not going to allow there to be pain without allowing something new to be born. Now, this is very significant because God says, uh, watch this, there is no instance in your life, I need you to get this, leaders, where you're going to experience pain and not also simultaneously experience great gain. So check it out. The greater the pain, the greater the gain if we handle the pain properly. And that's what I want to spend a few moments teaching about tonight is how do we actually take pain and turn it into gain. Let's be honest, leaders. This concept preaches really well. I mean, somebody's probably right now, the phones are muted so we can't hear you, but somebody's probably shouting and saying, Bishop, say it, say it, say it. It, it preaches really well. It sounds very good. It can, it, can, it, can, it can turn a room from being like wet wood to being on fire. But here's the truth. How do we actually do it? Our tendency is, try to, is to try to resist the pain through some type of painkiller. And the problem with painkillers is that they don't actually fix what's causing the pain. They just block the pain. And so when I say a painkiller, it can be a variety of things. For some of us, it's to avoid the reality of the pain. For some of us, it is to attempt to anesthetize the pain uh, through, some, through, through some type of vice, right? So we're doing something to get our minds off of it. This is why people drink. This is why people do drugs. This is why people, I'm not beating nobody up. I'm just making a point. This is why people uh, are, are, can be somewhat promiscuous. This is why people uh, can be very careless in their spending. This is why people don't budget. It's because they're trying to escape the pain. And the reality is what I've learned as a leader is that my greatest growth has always come on the heels of my greatest pain. My greatest advancements have always come on the heels of my greatest pain. In Isaiah 66, God, through the man of God, Isaiah, made it clear that when he's first, he doesn't allow pain unless he wants to bring forth something powerful. Literally, in Isaiah 66, it was the birthing of a new nation. But for you and I, it's the birthing of a better version of ourselves. Now, wherever the pain is, that's where God is allowing something new to be birthed. Often in ministry, as you're growing, you're going to experience pain. The pain of a church of 10 people is not the same pain of a church of 100 people. It's not the same pain of a church of 1,000 people. It's not the same pain of a church of 10,000 people. The pain of a church with $20,000 in revenue is not the same pain of a church with 200000 not the same $2 million. You catch the point. The pain will be different, but wherever there is pain, there is something that can be gained. And I want to use... Uh, just for a few more moments, this passage of Scripture to open this concept up for us. Um, and it's in Ezekiel chapter number 37, and I really want uh, to use it in a way that's going to become motivation, that's going to ignite some transformation in every leader's life. At the end of the day, do not think that if you experience pain, you're doing something wrong. Stop thinking that leadership and ministry is supposed to be blood-free. It is not blood-free. In fact, it's full of blood. It's full of wounds. It's full of challenges. It's full of pain. It's full of days where you're going to want to say, I don't even want to do it anymore. It's going to be full of days where you say, I don't think I'm good enough. It's going to be full of days where you say, I don't think I have what, I ta- what it takes. And guess what? While you're bleeding, you're still going to have to lead. That's why tonight's talk is leadership. You're still going to have to lead. You're still going to have to advance because you've been called by God and you've come way too far to give up now. You've come way too far to throw in the towel. You've made way too many advancements to not continue advancing. And here's the reality for leaders. 
the leaders, when you're bleeding, you're bleeding in front of people. So the challenge can be how do I deal with this pain, how do I deal with these issues while I'm also in front of people? And so sometimes, again, we want the painkiller. Sometimes the painkiller is the leader. I don't want to be bothered right now. Sometimes the painkiller as the leader is, you know, I, I don't want to be pouring into body right now. I know part of my, uh, uh, you know, gift and part of the way that I lead is I'm very paternal in nature. So I, I have a very paternal approach to ministry, approach to leadership, approach to people. And so I always want to bring out the best in people. And, and sometimes, you know, I get these little temper tantrums where I say, God, I'm not investing in a damn other person. I do not want to invest in anybody else. I don't want to pour anything into anybody else. I am sick and tired of dealing with this pain, not realizing that every time there was pain that it was actually bringing Great game. In Ezekiel 37 and 1, God uh, sets Ezekiel in this valley of dry bones. So we're Ezekiel 37 and 1, and again, we're talking leadership. How do you use your pain to bring your greatest gain as a leader? In Ezekiel 37 and 1, it says, Then the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Now, here's what's really significant. The Lord put him in a valley. Now, the point I want to extract for many leaders valley, and let's just define a valley. A valley is some level of depression uh, in, in life. It's, it's where you're going down. It's where you are on an upward trajectory because a valley is only existent because there's two mountains. So you were on an upward trajectory, and all of a sudden now it looks like it's declining. Maybe it's your attendance. Maybe it's your revenue. Maybe it, 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 it's you know, the loyalty of some of your leaders. Maybe it's the loyalty of some of your friends, you see this decline. And when you see this decline, uh, what begins to happen is you can start to think, I'm doing something wrong, or God is mad at me, or God's hand is not on me, or God doesn't want me to do this. And what you need to understand with Ezekiel, the Bible says the Lord put him in a valley, and the valley was full of dry bones, which means every valley isn't because you've done something wrong. Every valley isn't because you've done something you shouldn't have done. Every valley is not because you're not leading well. Ezekiel was minding his business, and God came and got him and put him in a valley, which means whenever you're in a valley, God is only setting you up for something great as it relates to victory. Whenever you're dealing with pain, God is setting you up for something that's gain. Verse 2, not, uh, verse 1, it says, and it was full of dry bones. Verse 2, then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. So look at this. Ezekiel is in this valley, and he's looking at these bones. I'm, I'm going to make this make sense in a moment because you think you know where I'm going, but, but, but I'm about to flip the script on you. We're about to take a turn down a road you weren't even going to see. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. So he's looking at all these problems, in his, in his, in his, in his, and let's just contextualize it for us, in his church, in his family, in his business, in his ministry. He's looking at all these issues. He's in a valley. And he's looking at all these issues. And I can only imagine Ezekiel thinking to himself, with all of these problems going on, with all these issues going on, what in the world's going on here? And notice, it's the open valley, and indeed, they're very dry. Very dry is significant because, uh, obviously, from Scripture, we're all leaders on the phone. We understand that water symbolizes the spirit. And so with water symbolizing the spirit, it being dry, it's saying that it's lacking God's touch. 
Have you ever been in a place in life where you feel like you are working so hard, working so diligently, and it's lacking God's touch? Like, God, why aren't you breathing on this? God, why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you advancing what I'm doing? Then verse 3 comes. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. God asked Ezekiel a question. And he says to Ezekiel, what can come out of this valley of dry bones? And specifically, he says, can these bones live? Bones implied that there were once bodies. Bodies have muscle. Bodies have tissue. Bodies have fat. Bodies have organs. Which meant that at one point, this, 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 these bones were working. At one point, these bones were walking. At one point, these bones were advancing. At one point, uh, these bones were a great army. And something happened to where now these bones are dry and they're in a valley. The tissue's gone, the organs gone, the fat's gone, the muscles gone. And he says to the Lord, Lord, you know. What I like about it is that what we sometimes try to do as leaders when we're experiencing pain is that sometimes we, 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 we forget to ask God and forget to speak with God concerning some of the pain we're facing. And so we'll call everybody else. We'll call this one, that one, and the other one, rather than saying, Lord, okay, what's going on with this? You know. What I like about Ezekiel's response is Ezekiel doesn't try to outwit God. He, says he doesn't try to act like he's got it all figured out with God. And, I, and, and when you're a leader, you're typically industrious, you're typically entrepreneurial, you typically start going a different way, you start trying to fix it opposed to having a conversation with God. And I know it seems very basic, but let's just face it, leaders. Sometimes when you're busy leading people, some of the things that you teach them to do, sometimes we're not as faithful in doing ourselves. Now, what's significant is he says, oh, Lord God, you know. Here's what's significant. That word bones in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament, it comes from this word etzem. And here's what it actually means. This is going to go real deep on you. It, 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 it has several different definitions, and you want to know what one of the definitions of the word bones there? It means pains. So when he says he's in the valley of dry bones, he's actually in the valley of pain. And because pain is a complex and subjective phenomenon, an adequate definition is difficult to develop because what's painful for one might be pleasurable for another. But basically speaking, pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience. And pain comes from the <clears throat> Latin word pona, meaning punishment, penalty, torment, hardship, suffering. And, and what's significant is that we can create pain for ourselves, and sometimes pain is inflicted upon us by others that are in pain. Pain can paralyze you. Pain can attempt you to stop you from being faithful, stop you from what you believe God told you to do. Pain can produce poisonous pathologies, that is, poisonous thought processes and makes you a firefighter or fires that you often start. See, pain wants power, so it often inflicts pain on others through passive-aggressive behavior, which is, in case you're unfamiliar with that concept, it is the uh, indirect expression of hostility through procrastination, intentional ignorance, stubbornness, being moody, intentionally sluggish, gloomy, irritable, ill-tempered, intentionally reserved, silent, snappy, uh, deliberately and repeatedly failing to accomplish tasks. Uh, it's got lots of different things that can happen, but the reality is, is that pain can produce passive-aggressive behavior. And when you're a leader, you can lead in a passive-aggressive way that ends up sabotaging the gain you could get for this passive-aggressive behavior. 
Passive aggressive behavior is like a knife covered with silk. You, you know, you're 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 jabbing, you're punching, but you cover it in silk. Passive aggressive leaders normally don't see very much progress in life, very much progress in their organization, very much progress in their business. Pain not only can it make you passive aggressive. Pain can ruin your perception because you don't really see what's going on. You only see the pain that you're drunk off of. Pain can even invoke pride as a way to attempt to protect against future pain, but it inadvertently can create calamity because the Bible says pride creates falls, which means tottering, which is insecurity. Watch this. Whenever you deal with pain, loss, frustration, you can now operate as a passive-aggressive leader, as an insecure leader, Inflicting pain on other people. You're going to have poisonous pastologies thinking, oh, my God, nothing works for me. Everything's bad for me. My church is never going to go. This is never going to happen. People are never going to be with me. People are never going to be for me. It can paralyze you so that you never take any steps of faith, uh, that you never take any big leaps because you're so afraid of what happens if you fail, what happens if something goes wrong. And what's significant is Ezekiel is placed in a valley of what means pain. He's in a valley of pain, and, he, and the Lord asks him, what are you going to do with this valley? That's essentially what God is saying. What are you going to do with this valley? Every leader right now on this phone, you're experiencing some type of pain somewhere. If you're not, you're not doing it well. If you're not experiencing some type of pain, you are not that gifted. You're not that good. And if you're on this call, I know you're great. I know you're excellent. I know you're the best. And so I know you're experiencing some type of pain. Here's God's question to you. So what are you going to do with it? And pain doesn't always have to be this deep, dark, negative thing. Pain, again, it's, it's just an, unple- it's an unpleasant, uncomfortable type of experience you can be in. And here's what's significant. God asks Ezekiel, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do about it? Now, remember I told you that word bones. And, again, I'm talking to leaders, so I want to give some depth, but I also want to give some practicality. That word bones has several different meanings in Hebrew. So not only does it mean pain, but the next meaning, watch this, is self. It says he placed him in a valley of self. Pain makes you deal with you and the things about yourself you've been ignoring. Pain really actually introduces you to yourself. As a leader, whenever you're experiencing pain, what you've got to do is say, I'm about to learn something about myself I did not know. See, this is how you get gain out of your pain. Uh, I remember going through something that was very hurtful, a very hurtful time in ministry. Uh, some people I had invested in and individuals I invested in treated like uh, my own flesh and blood, like a, my own son. I remember experiencing uh, severe, severe uh, betrayal and, and, and just so, you know, the things that we deal with as men and women of God, and you understand this. And I remember going through this experience, and I chose that I get paralyzed and I get passive-aggressive, and I get stuck. I said, Lord, what are you trying to show me about me? And I learned so much about myself from that experience. What started as a negative, I was able to reverse it and turn it into something very productive for me. Pain often reveals you to yourself. So wherever you're at, whatever painful situation you're dealing with, what you've got to do as a leader is say, Lord, what are you showing me about me? Because the better the person, the better the leader, the better the leader, the better the organization. A lot of times we strive to be great leaders, but we're awful people. To be a better leader, you've got to first be a better person. And, and this is just the way that it works. See, the better the person, the better the husband, the better the husband, the better the wife. The better the person, the better the leader, the better the leader, the better the church. So we've got to start with being better people before we, we strive to be better leaders. 
Next, that word pain, or excuse me, that word bones in the scripture. Not only does it mean pain, not only does it mean self, but here's the other Hebrew meaning. It means the same, the same. When you don't process pain properly, you don't actually progress in life. You simply repackage the same situations of the past in life and relive them and recreate them and re-preach them to yourself. Woe is me. I knew this would happen. Every, every time I, I do this, this goes wrong. We've all done that as leaders. Every time I do this, this happens. Every time I do this, this happens. We've all done that. And if we're honest with ourselves, some situations in life are exactly the same as previous ones, just a different date. And we needed to be honest about that so that we can be healed from that. But here's, here's the last definition, and we're going to wrap it up here, or the last two definitions of the word bones, because this is how you actually create gang leaders. Again, I want to give you depth. I want to give you substance, but I also want to make it very practical for you. That word bones in Hebrew, remember, Ezekiel set in the valley of dry bones. It's not just literal bones. They have very significant spiritual meaning behind them. And the next meaning is wood, W-O-O-D. It says, and the Lord set Ezekiel in the valley of wood. Now, wood is only necessary when you're trying to build something. Check it out. Don't waste pain because it's, dying, it's designed to provoke change so that you'll choose calling over comfort. You will be a greater leader tomorrow because you'll take your pain and decide to build in spite of it. Sometimes the pain we experience makes us shut down, shut off, and stop. I'm going to tell somebody tonight, the pain you experience needs to cause you to advance, get, get creative. And I say, well, Bishop Foreman, uh, we, we lost the building that we were in, and we don't know what we're going to do. It's painful, but get creative. Could it be that God wants to build a movement out of you and not a monument out of you, and so the building isn't as necessary as you thought it was? You might say, well, you know, we're experiencing pain with our leaders. Well, get creative. Could it be that you've given your leaders in your organization too much authority? Could it be you've given them too little authority? Could it be that you've given too many people titles who don't actually do anything? And some of you need to strip the titles and just say, we're going to be leaders that are function-based, not title-based. It is especially predominant and prevalent in the charismatic and Pentecostal churches. Now, look at this last definition of bones, leaders, and then we're done. It means strength. This is amazing. God sets Ezekiel in a valley of dried bones. And I'm talking to leaders. I'm talking to us because leaders, we preach all the time. So we, we don't need to be preached at tonight. We, we, need to, we need to be empowered. Watch this change in the meeting. It means strength. Ezekiel is set in a valley of strength. Strength is the capacity to withstand great force, pressure, and stretching, which means pain that's handled properly actually produces strength. So now we see uh, why Ezekiel is the main character in this narrative, because you want to know what Ezekiel's name means? It means strong. That's what his name means in Hebrew. It means strong, which means, watch this, for whatever reason the pain makes its way to me, I'm strong enough to press past it. I'm strong enough to get gain from it. I'm strong enough to get advancement from it. God placed Ezekiel in a valley of dry bones because God knew that Ezekiel, watch this, had a strength he hadn't tapped in yet that only pain could pull out. There is a strength in you, leaders, that only pain is going to be able to pull out of you. There is a strength in you that only situations that aren't comfortable is going to be able to pull out of you. So here's my challenge to us tonight on this, our second ever Monday night call for the Harvest Fellowship of Churches and just pastors and leaders 
uh, it's not limited to HFC pastors. Here's my challenge to you tonight. Whatever pain you're experiencing and dealing with, my challenge to you tonight is to realize it is bringing a strength out of you that's not been tapped into yet. Ezekiel responds, oh, Lord God, you know, which is a great response. But it was because he hadn't yet tapped in a strength to say, Lord, I know exactly what to do in this situation. Leaders, a lot of the times when you deal with painful situations, it's like chickenpox. You'll deal with it now so that if it ever comes up later, you'll know how to handle it. You'll deal with it now so that if it ever surfaces later, you'll know exactly what to do. You were born for this. You were created for this. You were created to lead. You were created to be creative. You were created to advance God's kingdom. You were created to press. You were created to motivate. You were created to inspire. You were created to administrate. You were created to lead. You were created to prophesy. You were created to do all of those things. Your pain is what's actually going to bring great gain. And here's how you do that practically. Come out of the emotion and turn it into evolution. And that's what we're going to be talking about um, and so many other things in our June conference. How do I go from evolution into acceleration? You've got to come out of the emotions of it. You've got to stop crying about it. You've got to stop whining about it. got to stop complaining about it. And I know it's tough. Let me tell you, uh, uh, especially I know many leaders this last season, you dealt with lots of betrayal. And you said, why? Well, that's just, it follows the Hebrew feast, right? You know, dealing with Passover. That's Judas. That's when Judas is manifest. In the last few months, those are the times where Judas will manifest in your life. Uh, anybody that is a betrayer normally shows their colors. And you might say, you know, what in the world happened uh, coming out of uh, winter going into spring? That's just the time period that we're in uh, as it relates to that. Turn that pain, take it out of emotion, and turn it into evolution. Cut the emotion of it off and say, what am I going to learn from this? What am I going to do with this? How am I going to make great change? That's what we're going to be talking about in our June conference, June 20 through 22, and so many other things. Oh, my God, it's going to be powerful. And you're going to be refreshed, revived. Uh, inspired, so many great things are going to come to you, uh, regardless of what level of leadership you're at. Listen, I am so glad to have shared this time with you tonight, uh, to talk with you and uh, impart something into you. I pray and trust that as a leader, you got something that you can take with you tonight, something that just didn't give you inspiration, but also gave you information. Again, we're leaders tonight, so I didn't come on the call to preach. Uh, I didn't even come on the call to prophesy. I came on the call to simply impart. And in that impartation, it is to give you very practical tools that you can use to go further faster. Because at the Harvest Fellowship of Churches, what we want to do is empower churches to seize the region, excuse me, to change the region uh, to seize the harvest. That's what we're all about. So, so glad that you're with us. If you'd like to join HFC uh, and connect with us, it's a non-exclusive membership. It's not a denomination. We don't want to exercise control over how you spend your money and control over what you do with your budget and control over who you choose to ordain. What we want to do is empower you. That's the true nature of apostolic ministry is it's, is, it's empowerment through example, and that's what we want to do. And so I encourage you, if you want to do that, you can connect with us. When you uh, text HFC to 59769, you've got the second call, the second Monday call information, excuse me, but you also got a link there to be able to join and connect with us. If you want to do that, we encourage you to do that. The conference is open to everybody and anybody, June 20 through 22nd. I want to encourage you 
I know typically how most folks do. They like to wait to the last minute, and you certainly don't want to run out of uh, space to be able to serve you. So please make sure you get registered. Please, ma'am, please, sir. You go up uh, in the badge search, they say, govern yourselves accordingly. And so uh, I'm going to pull on my back to Costa roots and say, govern yourselves accordingly and get registered for the conference. You just text HC to 59769. Again, we use text around Harvest because we like to make things simple and like to make things easy. Thank you so much for joining with us tonight. Second Monday will be our next call, and so uh, you'll get a text and email and all that if we've got your email. And, of course, if you're in our text group, uh, you'll get that text. And, of course, if you text in HFC, you're in our text group now, and uh, you'll get that text. So glad to have shared with you tonight. Pray you got something valuable. This will be on the podcast. Um, Tim, would you talk about that real quickly? Because leaders, we've got a new leadership podcast. Would you talk about that? Leaders being able to access that podcast through iTunes and all that. Would you tell them about that real quick? Sure thing. Um, as Fisher said, our uh, second Monday calls will be featured um, on the podcast for Apple, as well as I believe next month we'll be with iHeartRadio. Is that correct, Bishop? Exactly, exactly. Our main podcast is with iHeart, uh, but this one, our leadership podcast, is being added to iHeartRadio and a ton of other channels also. Okay. So, um, again, just be on the lookout for that. Normally it will be give us 24, 48 hours for that to be loaded up on um, the podcast for your platform, whether it's Apple or Android. Um, but, yeah, definitely we want you guys to take advantage of the podcast to go back, listen, take notes, and just be um, encouraged and empowered. Absolutely. You got it. That's exactly it. Hey, listen, everybody, we know you're busy. We know you got lots of things to do. Thank you for spending this time with me tonight, about 45 minutes with me tonight. I appreciate you dearly, and, and I'm praying for you. I'm going to pray for you before we get off of the call. Leaders, I want to encourage you. Leadership is what we do. We bleed and we lead. That's what we do. If you're not in pain, you're not going to experience any gain. And as a leader, if you are not taking any hits, then that means you're not making any advancements. The more hits you take is evidence of the greater advancement you're able to experience. And I can tell you from personal experience, and I'll share more of my testimony later. You know, again, how do you build a church debt-free in an area with 46 out of you know, 50 church attendants in the nation? and 4% African-American in the entire state, no help, no benefactor. Uh, you got obstacles coming at you, people coming against you, racism, all the – how do you deal with all those obstacles and not lose your mind? Well, I'm going to show you how to do that and tell you how to do that in a great, great, great way. And if it's working in Denver, let me tell you, it'll work wherever you're at. That I can tell you. That I can promise you. Let me empower you and show you. Let us show you how to go further and uh, how to do that faster, and uh, you can experience that. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every leader tonight. I speak grace upon them. I speak strength upon them. I speak fortitude upon them. I declare that they would be empowered, uh, Father, by your spirit. I pray that tonight's talk about leadership, how they might be able to lead while they're also bleeding, how they might be able to take their pain and turn it into their greatest gain. I pray that tonight, Father, that, they would, that those words would not fall on deaf ears, but it will fall upon the ears of doers. I declare that every demonic attack, every witch warlock, every Judas, every, every obstacle that would attempt to come against these men and women of God, we decree and declare that it is defeated now and that that pain is being used for their great gain. We honor you for it now, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, shalom, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. Again, the call when you come in is always muted so that that way 
we don't uh, have a bunch of background noise, et cetera, et cetera, and I hope that you appreciate that so that we're able to move through the calls and get right to the business. Don't forget, get registered for the conference coming up, text AC to 59769, June 20th through 22nd. Every second Monday, join me, 730 Mountain Standard Time. Thanks so much, Tim. Appreciate you and appreciate all of our newly developed team. Again, our fellowship of churches. Uh, the demand is there, and so we're responding to that demand. Everything brand new, but we're excited. So this June gathering will really be our inaugural gathering as we move forward in what God has ordained. But we're building a movement, not just a monument, that's going to change lives for God's glory. Shalom, everybody. Have a great night. USAA Insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.